Welcome, everyone, to the Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk to you about our global impressions of The Punisher on Netflix, having finished podcasting the series. Indeed, Pete, and uh, I, I dare say it is fitting that this is uh, that this is our last podcast out the door for 2017. This the last show that that hit the uh, the lineup for 2017. This a show wrapped in uh, a certain degree of mystery and how it was marketed, and then issues of pulling back on the marketing when uh, when real world events interceded. And uh, here we are, Pete. I think I speak for you. I will certainly speak for myself in saying that this is, upon upon reflection, this truly is the best single season of Marvel television. I have to agree. And I think the most surprising for me, this was not the one that we circled at the beginning of the year. Um, I was super up on Iron Fist. Um and uh, I know a lot of people were, were looking forward to Defenders as well. But who would have thought that Frank Castle, that the Punisher, would yield the finest Marvel se- season of television to date, Matt, since we started doing this thing back in uh, 2013? Oh, is that is that only when? Is that all? <laughs> What what strikes me too, particularly with you mentioning Iron Fist and you mentioning Defenders, uh, I'm reminded of the uh, I believe it was coming out of San Diego Comic Con where part of the Defenders was screened or the first episode or a critic had seen it, whatever it is, but how someone had misidentified uh, the the presence of Frank Castle in the first yeah. scene when um, when uh, Iron Fist is uh, chasing somebody down, chasing down the remnants of the hand or something like that. And then to go from that kind of notion of, oh, the Punisher isn't connected to Defenders, but wink, wink, he is. And then, no, actually, when we watch it, he isn't, to something that is wholly, totally separate from that neat concept of four-feeder series and the big miniseries never been done before and just something that was so scaled back and so simple in its creation. The idea that we start with the proposed conclusion of his vendetta against the mobsters that killed his family. Then it turns out it's actually the people who had a hand in killing his family uh, and the aftermath of that, of that search. Boom. That's the season in a nutshell, obviously leaving major details out. That's, that's the, the impetus of it. And to end up with this, this wonderful, wonderful season. I so vividly remember still watching this pilot episode and once you get past the, okay, he's taking everybody out. I'm, I'm sitting there like, what is he going to do now? What is going to drive the show? Um, are, are they going to do the family stuff again? And telling this story that started as a very slow burn with the incident that took place in, uh, in Kandahar, Afghanistan, and ultimately culminating in this, you know, vendetta against Agent Orange and then Billy Russo thrown into the mix and Madani on the investigation and everything. I have to say it, it culminated wonderfully. I, I think the show got finer and finer towards its final episode. I, I think it peaked at its um penultimate episode rather than in the finale that's all right though you have you know that that denouement you have that that pullback 
to earth a little bit and we know the show has been renewed. Uh, I would circle 2019 at this point as far as when you'll get it early 2019. Well, and as I know we've discussed before, I, I very much wonder what is that intersection between the future of Marvel Netflix and Disney taking its, uh, its ball home to its own streamer, whatever that's going to look like. And certainly we have next to no information on that as it stands right now. But the fact that they continue to renew these series at least tells us that there, there's not going to be some sort of dry period uh, as there was, let's say, with the, the Star Wars animated properties where they stop one and then there's a big break uh, and then and then do something else uh, different, you know, in another on another channel in that case. Um, but focusing on this season, what is so astonishing to me is that you have these characters where they're all relatable, they're all likable, and they're all unlikable. There's no there's no deviation from that pattern, which on on paper might make it sound so boring, but instead you feel for the you know you you feel sympathy for Micro, uh, despite wondering you know why he doesn't act more, and on and on down the list it goes. Same thing with Madani, this character who you can really feel sympathetic to until you realize that she's numb to certain parts of the of of, of her own life, and, and down the list we go. Yeah, and you know Bernthal's portrayal of this character easily makes him the, the greatest film or TV punisher we've, we've ever had. And the, the incorporation of the other voices, the other characters on this show, whether it's uh, Amber Rose Riva as Madani, um, you know, you have micro, you have Billy Russo, um, you have Curtis uh, really, really rounded it out. In, in a way that complementary to his character, but at the same time, their own people. I know there's a little bit of a, of a brouhaha, you know, not enough female characters completely agree with that. Um, I'm very interested to see if Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio will continue to be involved with the series and, and gain a larger role, maybe, you know, kind of guiding Frank around, you know, he's, he becomes the, the asset that they've got to go to when they can't do anything. We know she can get her hands dirty. Um, I really would love to see her in a, in a larger role heading into season two. Um, some more Karen page too would always be welcome, but you know, you're talking about somebody who's done a lot of Marvel Netflix TV in the past several years. I suppose I hadn't quite stopped to consider that the female presence could have been larger in this season. And at the end of the day, I have to agree and I certainly don't want to say, but it's okay when they uh, adapt characters and keep them the way they were, because then we're going to end up with this endless cycle of it's all characters created in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and none of them are are um, are <laughs> you know deviating from that white male pattern. Um, so while I do completely agree with you, I'll just point out you have in Madani perhaps the most complex female character that that marvel television has shown when you think of the sense of duty that she has when you think of the the conflict going on in her uh her sense of own agency i mean she's in charge of her world uh and and she's pushing that oftentimes but she's in charge of her own world to a degree that other characters male and female rarely are uh then as you mentioned we have uh 
the Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio role where deputy director of the CIA. So, uh, and then of course, as you mentioned, Karen Page, I review all of this just to say, I think that if hard decisions are going to be made, you know, is, is Ben Barnes, do, do we make that character female? What's the pro and con there? Do we, do we change micro an old time uh, common character? Do we change micro's gender? Uh, if the answer to both of those is going to going to be no, but then you make, really your number two lead a super strong female in the form of madani and then you have female leadership shown with uh with uh, some of the other two care you know the, the other characters i think it's as as good a job as could be done if you're going to preserve the character origins which i'm not saying you must always do but if you're going to then they added nicely to that and then you consider where this show went continually defying not only our expectations, but really our understanding of where they could take a, a Marvel Netflix TV show. And I think that's the most surprising thing. And I get that for a variety of reasons, um, this show was not huge. I think the tone from the outset and how it connected to outside events, I think that turned some people off. I think too, this just isn't as flashy a character as, daredevil that everybody knows it's not going to necessarily speak to um speak to different kinds of people where you say oh jessica jones she's the female one and luke cage he's african-american and things like that so it's not going to have that that initial spark but for people who were watching this show as the disney fox deal went down it is ridiculous in my view oh are they going to pg deadpool are they going to make uh fox searchlight movies stop being r-rated are they Right. No, no, no. We saw in The Punisher the most <laughs> violent show that Marvel TV has done. Clearly TVMA. We've seen bedroom scenes which aren't just hot and heavy panting. We've seen sides of people and side rear ends and this and that the other. Where My notes melted at one point. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is fully an R-rated, R-rated for violence, R-rated for sensuality again perhaps it wasn't the full bidness going on there in terms of r-rated sexual content shown on screen but we got enough and and yeah they're they're preserving content as it needs to be yeah and i think it sets the precedent moving forward you know this this was the most expected in in every single way marvel show to date and they've got a reputation now to live up to and what this means for the other shows, what this could mean for, I mean, Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage being the closest to to come out. But I think now with the critical reaction to this, what does this mean for Daredevil season three and where they might bring things with Fisk and everything there? I think at the end of the day, you go where the story takes you and maybe there's a decision from the outset that those other shows don't need to be uh, TVMA. They can be, you know, kind of the 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 TV eighteen or TV seventeen, whatever the joke was back with uh, back with Jessica Jones. Um, but it it's nice that they can follow the story where it needs to go, which which at the end of the day should be what drives it, particularly with a character like the Punisher. If you want to say, oh man, Pete, they're finally doing, I don't know, the Jedi Academy TV series. Okay, well, built into that, yeah, as a PG. Uh, aesthetic there it doesn't need to be the jedi academy with blatant alien nudity <laughs> you follow you follow particular stories where they need to go the You've guy never has seen a... ahsoka tano like this before 
the Punisher has a big skull on his chest and he shoots machine guns at people. Yeah, this is where the show needed to go, plain and simple. Pete, let's hear what some of our listeners had to think. First email comes from Bruce R. Houghton, uh, who says this. After finally finishing The Punisher, just a few thoughts. Unlike a lot of the fanboys, I'm glad they toned it down from the comics and made it a lot more thoughtful. It had a real potential to be a right-wing mess, which is why the comic character is so popular among, uh, among cops and soldiers. John Bernthal was great, and I thought that bit with the animalistic grunting and roaring whenever he was in Terminator mode was a great character beat. Pete, yeah. I'll just pause Bruce's words for a moment and add something that I thought about most episodes. I don't think I mentioned it in the podcast. Bernthal added... I'm assuming it was added as opposed to scripted, but he would oftentimes have this rhetorical, yeah, like he'd be like, we're going to go do this micro, yeah? Yeah, and no, I loved it. I loved it. I noticed it every time he said it past the first time. It, it was punctuation. Yeah, and it was kind of this, I don't, so much was brought into, whether it was with, with that character tick or as Bruce is saying, the grunting and the roaring where, is it his way of establishing dominance or is it his way of convincing minds or is it his, his way of just kind of being the peacock out saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this, yeah. Anyhow, Pete, let's finish Bruce's words here. He says, I also liked the fact that all, uh, all the wives on the show were a realistic kind of pretty instead of being way out of the league of the men they were with, as happens on so many shows. Um, Bruce concludes by saying, in short, this could have been a huge disaster, but ended up being one of Marvel TV's best outings. I have to agree with, with everything he said there. I mean, this was a show that was not on a lot of people's radar past the character. Like what would they do with this here? And I just remember, um, you know, our excitement heading into New York comic con, we're finally going to get to see this cast. We're going to get to see some of the show. And then unfortunately the Las Vegas thing happens and, and they made the right move and, postponing that and and you know putting something in its place <clears throat> in uh the uh the stan lee you know tribute there with joe casada um but i think it almost worked in their favor i think certainly now that we've seen the season and we see that it's about ptsd it's about the veteran experience it's about uh reconnecting with your family it's about the role of government to, to a smaller degree, but it's about the role of government and, and government overreach and what's appropriate and, and things of that sort. This is much more than, Hey, it's fun to play grand theft auto and to go into berserker mode and, you know, shoot a lot of people and look, it's happened on the news in Las Vegas and now it's happening on the Punisher. That's not this show. Um, there must've been a discussion. Hey, do we just take a $70 million write down? we're netflix we spend a billion dollars a year on content do we just swallow this or do we just drop it at some other unforeseen point and 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 you know not not release it now i'm glad that they glad that they shared it with us all pete would you like to hear an email from stacy taylor absolutely uh stacy says uh hi there i'm not sure this will get to you in time since it's been a while since you dropped episode 13 luckily pete we took a took a little a little break from recording. Uh, for, a, a little break. <laughs> we we had somebody on Twitter. I believe it was Biker Brh. I don't have it in front of me, but he, uh, he was uh, he was kind of uh, tongue in cheek saying, "Come on, guys! It's been three days since you podcasted. New right. complaint. It's been four days, guys. It's been five days. What's wrong?" So, right, Stacy, glad to have gotten your email. Glad to be sharing it here. Um, 
Stacy wants to share a few thoughts. And uh, Stacy says, this was a great season and I enjoyed every episode. Like you, I didn't think there was any bloat to this season and thought the side stories into gun control and PTSD aligned well with the overall Punisher theme. One thing I'd love to have you discuss is the sudden drop of those two items after virtue of the vicious episode. Perhaps because we were building up to the story climax, they didn't continue the storyline. But I found it a bit odd that there wasn't any reference to the senator nor the bomber after that. Pete, I will pause Stacy's words to hear your thoughts. It was definitely incongruous. And thank you for bringing it up, Stacy. I think there was so much character stuff to do that to delve into that meta issue um would have forced it in such a way that i think they would have compromised and this show if you look at the whole there is not any compromise on this they made steve lightfoot made the show he set out to make and i have to absolutely applaud him for that um because we see none of the things that have come across in some of the other shows. I'm not looking at you at all in humans um, that, that really, you know, take away from the ultimate design and aim of these shows, which is to tell these comic tales. And I think if they return to, it was enough that they at least addressed those issues and getting the renewal now, they're going to have a platform to talk about it again, and I'm excited for them to to come back and say something about it. So you, you don't get it all done in one place. Yeah, are they making it at a time when they think, well, this could be it. We better get it all done. They could have viewed it that way, but that they hit on it, that it's out there, that they showed no fear in the face of that topic, which let's be honest, there's a lot of other shows that that you know, shy away from that type of uh, subject matter, from that type of presentation and that they dealt with it. They can always return to it, especially now with the, with the uh, renewal. Two thoughts. First is, I mean, even our beloved agents of shield, the mothership, what's their solution to gun control? Icers, Pete. So anytime the good guys need to actually shoot other people, they go boom and they flash blue and then they're they're dead but they're not and dead. And that's dead. fine. I mean, yeah. you you're dealing with a, a much more comic-y presentation but with Frank Castle and everything that he stands for and all of the baggage that that comes along good, bad, and different with that character and the world that he uh rises from that he represents. Um I just, again, applaud their steadfast decision to confront that stuff rather than, you know, to to gloss away from it. Or worse yet, I think, to romanticize it in such a way and, and never address it. I wonder if a slightly different presentation of of these episodes would have made the difference because I, I agree with you. I agree with Stacy that it was a bit incongruous. I'm just reminded of how, uh, gee whiz Pete, just about this time next week, we'll be talking chapter two of star Trek discovery, which is still part of the first season. If there had been some sort of conceit, whether in terms of when the episodes were dropped or just in the title card or something like that for punisher chapter one and punisher chapter two, um, even as part of the first season, do we maybe feel 
oh, well, of course, since this is chapter two, things are now going to be of a slightly different tone. We're, we're going to be focused on the personal stuff and not kind of the larger issues. Um, again, that's outside the Netflix model, but just a thought there. Let's continue with Stacy's words. She said, uh, I also wanted to respond to your comments about Madani saying she would take down Frank if she saw him again. Did either of you take from the last episode that she placed a bug in his boots? I drew that conclusion based on how they focused on his boots when he left Madani's house mm-hmm. and again when he was in the park. Uh, I think her saying she was going to take him down was all hot air and putting on a show for Raffi. Otherwise, why bug his shoes? I think she wanted to take down Billy, and that's why she tracked Frank. What are your thoughts on that, she says. So, Pete, you get to go first. (laughs) I didn't catch any um, idea of a bug. I mean, it's certainly possible, and they could retcon this going forward. You know, he goes off the grid, and we have a threat now that only the Punisher can handle. Where is he? Beep. We've got him. Um, so I dig that as an idea they could return to, um, the, the idea of, of her taking him down though, and particularly the way the end of the season comes about with her in his gratitude, um, and indebted for saving her at the end there. Uh, it's a different dynamic and, you know, it all remains to be seen whether we're going to get Ben Barnes back and, you know, he will continue forward, whether it's just going to be like, you know, you made the point with the kind of, you know, lazy writing at the end of the season. He may never wake up. He might wake up tomorrow and remember everything. We're going to commit to nothing. <laughs> um yeah, I think it could be a really interesting dynamic between the three of them. I kind of hope we're not done with Micro either, just so he could be like, oh, Frank, you have a bug in your boot. We are we are buddies now to have a beer and a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. I have deactivated it. Let's go to the smoking remains of my garage and do things. I I hope that they do that. I know that part of the part of the conception of Micro, and I happen to have the quote right here, um, there was the idea that in the comics he was a one-trick pony that supplied equipment, and instead they were looking to get more more in-depth here. I hope that just because the family stuff is no longer an outstanding issue for Micro, that that doesn't mean that you can't bring him back to still be a one-trick pony supplying equipment to Castle. Um, because I think it's more than one trick. As you say, it can be that fraternal banter. It can be... I don't know, just the guy on the ground. The Punisher is such a lonely character that you can... Who's he going to talk to? He's not going to narrate his war journal, you know. And another lonely character to reflect that was very effective. I mean, you think of what... I had no idea I would care for the micro storyline as much as I did. Like, when that stuff came on in the previews, I'm like, oh, it's not Frank Castle. Get not Frank Castle off my screen so I can see Frank Castle. <laughs> and, you know, you you came to be really absorbed in it. Again, some for good. You know, the idea that he was keeping an eye on his, his family in a kind of creepy way, but keep an eye on them. And then for bad, you know, that, that son of his that I think we all want to smack. <laughs> Well, hopefully he's, uh, hopefully Zach is a bit more in line again, not that you, not that single parents or that, that, uh, that mothers as the only parent, not that they can't go above and beyond, but hopefully if what Zach needs is the two parent dynamic or the male figure or whatever, 
Uh, hopefully he, he, he gets that. I'll mention Pete uh, talking about storylines you didn't know you, that you care about this idea of Lewis Wilson as, yeah, uh, you know, as, as this person who is struggling with life back here. And then, you know, I know I touched on the, the family member by marriage who, you know, is now no longer on the scene because the marriage ended in divorce, uh, who was in the Marines and who served, uh, in Iraq since we last spoke the pun spoke about the punisher you know his his name came up in passing conversation and some of the some of the um the 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 things he brought home on the inside and it was just a good reminder again what these guys and gals go through and that and that you have in lewis wilson not a sensationalized character just somebody who thank goodness we don't see a lot of in the real world we certainly have had veterans perpetuate acts similar to this um thank goodness not not many but it's almost like i feel like L lewis wilson in a certain sense is at the very center of this season because it's this reminder of you know what happens when you don't treat these people with with dignity and respect and with with, with an air of helping them reorient themselves to society yeah, and unfortunately, you need to do nothing more than look at the headlines. I mean, we're podcasting this on New Year's Eve. They caught a guy earlier today in Houston with an arsenal in a hotel room. Um, so there's this disaffected nature that I think is a reaction in many ways to a, a disaffected country that just does not treat its soldiers in a, in a way that is appropriate. Um, and you know, it's, it, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, you know, the, the guy was clearly written as having his own problems. Um, but to that presentation of him and, and the strange bond that he shared with, um, with Frank, throughout this and, and the way that they were linked together, I think was really, really well done. And, you know, the, the pauses that they took, I, I think they were really smart in that you didn't have it every episode. And in particular, there were two episodes where we took a break from his story and, and then you returned to it and, and it ramped up and it really pulled you in. So the pacing of the season as well, you know, I, I I, I see everything the, the media sees in terms of the the screeners. And when I was reading the stuff about fat and, you know, will it be a great, you know, six episode show over 13 episodes uh, or it's, it's a great whatever. You, you know what I mean? That it, yeah, was, oh yeah. it was condensed there. I'm like, one, you haven't watched it all. And two, how can you say that there was no bristle to this? Stacy concludes her words by saying, uh, I really enjoyed how you podcasted The Punisher this season. It was a bit different than the other Marvel Netflix shows and seemed to have a better rhythm. Looking forward to listening to you guys after Jessica Jones drops. So thank you. Yeah, I, I know you and I had, you know, we spent a lot of time discussing how are we going to do Punisher and Star Trek I, slash shield. And I think it was a discussion about survival. <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to survive? And when I look at the numbers here, Matt, with the the finishing of this episode, this will be the 130th podcast that we will have in 2017. Far and away, a fantastic geek 
record. Is that all, Pete? Is that all? That's all. So, yeah, it really was a, a question of survival in terms of updating the, the format. And, you know, we, we love our format, but we know that people also want the content. And, you know, I, I appreciate what Stacy says the most about the, the pacing and the rhythm there is important. Um, so that's that's you have to adapt to survive. And, you know, we've seen a lot of other podcasts flake off. Um, and what, what's the expression there, Matt? Pod? pod flake pod fading which is something i something i had not heard of until about a year ago and i was like what is that oh that's when you stop doing a podcast i don't know what that's like yeah we we don't we don't do that here um the toughest decisions are usually like all right are we adding this one too um and you know star trek was a very very easy decision uh in that you know, not, not that these shows aren't, but that's a labor of love and, and that's something truly close to my heart and, and to Matt's heart. So to add that to our brand of, you know, all the Marvel cinematic TV shows and, and, uh, you know, movies, uh, was, was very, very easy, but, you know, at the end of the year, 130 episodes across 13, uh, feeds, yeah, you look at it and you're like, all right, of course we had to adapt to uh, to be able to get it all done and super excited to see what 2018 is going to bring. I think it's a little reminder just in general, not just podcasting, but in general, if you decide ahead of time that you can't do something, then you can't. But yeah, it's and certainly there have been times where it was like, Pete, we're going to skip runaways, right? No, it's part of the MCU. <laughs> Gotta uh, do it, man. Pete, are you sure Runaways <laughs> is part of the MCU? Yeah, go check out the quote from Jeff Loeb from four months ago. Oh, but you know, you find a way, and, and we've had a blast doing that. You yeah. know, it, and and in many ways, it's been it's come at the perfect time to be a a counterweight to to what Punisher is. You know, Punisher is Thanksgiving dinner every meal, and you know, sometimes you just need a burrito. <laughs> well, Pete, we will, we will, I suppose, wrap up 2017, wrap up the Punisher with, with the notion of a burrito. Hopefully our podcasts across these different properties continue to be a burrito. I feel so glad that, you know, when we set out podcasting the MCU, the goal was to bring an intelligent take to hopefully intelligent programming. And for the most part, that's been the case. Have there been some duds along the way, whether it's dud episodes or dud series or series that we loved but didn't quite pan out the way we we had hoped? Sure. But to end 2017 with this show that, yeah. as Stacy said, it's about gun control, it's about PTSD, as we discussed, role of government, psychological issues, family issues. When corruption. To act, corruption, you know, yeah. Just the number of tough topics and to to end with this trajectory and to return to the other marvel netflix heroes post defenders and what their lives are like now thinking that daredevil is dead it's just going to be very very interesting to uh to see 2018 unfold oh yeah and infinity war <laughs> and that too also pete apparently there's a there's a space war movie that is a complete disaster and no one is going to go see also people are really angry about this movie and it's the, the most the listened Jedi. to thing we've done this month <laughs> 
Well, Pete, we couldn't have done stuff, certainly this past month with holiday commitments and three podcasts, et cetera. We could not have done it without the people who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. So I have to give them one more thanks again. Absolutely. Continually impressed the the traffic that we see through there and, and then just the generosity of our listeners and fans uh, of the podcast. So thank you again. And, you know, super helpful when we got to pay some bills. Pete, the best freebie is, of course, talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. 9,739 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you like, just like Bruce, just like Stacy. We are Fantastic Geek. Visit fantasticgeek.com. Email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH all one word like it today. If you are listening to us on the Punisher podcast feed, we will update in 2018 as news warrants. If you are listening to this on the Pop Culture podcast feed, I got news for you, Pete. We're going to be back tomorrow talking some Star Trek. Yes, we are. And uh, can't wait to dig into the uh, the second chapter, the, the second part of the season there uh only six episodes it's gonna go really quick that it is well pete this wrap-up of punisher season one has gone quick too so with that i will say semper fi and give you the final season one word yeah <laughs>